around and, and uh, joining us. Sorry to take you away from. What are you watching? The Euro Championship or the concert? I'm watching a ton of stuff. So I'm watching yeah. that. I'm watching the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Ah, of course. Then, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> and that's really it. And I think the Copa America starts today, but I haven't even checked the schedule for that. So yeah, there's a lot going on. I couldn't find the European Championship on TV. So oh, okay. I, I mean, I watched England. They they were just playing and they just finished. So that was and they cool. won, right? They did. I mean, they nice. didn't look great, but, you know, win's a win. Win's a win. Yep. Uh, positive thoughts going to uh, Christian Erickson. Yes. Yeah, that, was, that was really scary. I mean, yeah. some so, other... Oh. Uh, so I'm not one of these so-called sports heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what they're called. Pe- people that watch sports. What happened? Um, he just received the ball on the throw-in, and um, for some reason, he just collapsed. So, you know, I mean, uh, when you watch sports, sometimes you don't know if people have an undiagnosed heart condition, you know, it could be dehydration, so nobody really knew. But from what you could see in the video, it looked like they were giving him chest compressions. Yeah, the um, the team doctor just not too long ago kind of released a statement that he had a, he had a cardiac arrest and was like gone. What? They, Whoa. They uh, brought him back to life. What? It's crazy. Yeah, it was really scary. I mean, you know, praise goes to those, the medical staff because, yeah, you know, seriously. I mean, I've taken first aid. I've seen people on my subway line like collapse. And, you know, when it comes to CPR, you've got to perform that right away. I mean, your chances of survival like are up significantly if you perform that right away. So yep. what you're saying, Chris, is that you're a huge Ted head and also you save people regularly every day. Well, you know, the thing with CPR is that you hope like, you know, you take it, but you hope you never have to use it. A hundred percent. You know, do it if you need, you know. Yeah. But yes, that's true. So, yeah, by the way, we are being joined by uh, you. You've I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're definitely aware of Cult of Lasso. Uh online accounts that have pretty much unified all Ted Lasso fans. Um, Chris, Espiritu, how's it going? (laughs) How are you guys? (laughs) We're good. Um, Yeah, I mean, we wanted to have you on to kind of talk about Ted Lasso fandom. Mm -hmm. And later on, we're going to read some fan fiction and have you tell us which one uh, was either performed the best or which fan fiction was the best. Nice. Um, but like what, how did you find Ted Lasso? I guess we should start there. Oh, okay. So, you know, I'm into soccer, not like hardcore, like some of my friends. So, um, you know, I attend soccer matches and my friends told me a couple of years ago, this is, I guess, 2014 when it happened. And they're like, Hey, yo, you have to see the NBC promos for the premier league. And they sent me the Ted Lasso, uh, commercial and, you know, immediately I was a fan. It was hilarious. And it spread. It was pretty viral, especially with soccer fans, you know. Yeah. And so I've always known of the character. So when Apple TV decided to make a series about it, I remember like the week of, I was like, holy crap, they're making a Ted Lasso series. How's that going to work? You know, I mean, like, uh, you know, I wasn't sure how long they could keep that, that character right. going, you know. But... Agreed. I was like, you know what? I'm a fan. I'll give it a try. And so when I watched the show that week, I was really impressed. It was 
not like the Ted you see in commercials, so he is not mean. And yeah. you know, you fall in love with him instantly. Yeah, did that kind of catch you off guard? The, like the kind of 180 that the that they took with the character for the show? It did. I mean, I think it, it took a lot of people. Like, you know, uh, it surprised a lot of people, especially like when you watch it, you know, you find out there's a lot more deeper themes with Ted. You know, you um, I think like in the first episode, you see immediately like there's hints that he has marriage problems, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, Rebecca has, uh, you know, went through a divorce and you're like, whoa, this character is a lot deeper than I expected. Yeah. Now, were so you what? a single? Oh, go ahead, John. No, you go. Sorry. Yeah. Were you a single writer or did you have family, friends and all of this watching the show with you at the same time? Um, I was watching it alone. And then I, of course, you know, after seeing it, like everybody else who becomes a fan, I started telling everyone to watch it. And uh, my wife, I was like, hey, you have to watch this. This is so great. You know, like and the guy is like so positive. You have to check it out. And she did it and she she loves it. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. My younger sister, she and her husband, they just started watching it. And so they're on like the later wave. And so her mm-hmm. whole thing was like, I've heard so much about it. I was anticipating so much. It's like, it's really great, but I've just already heard too much. I'm like, no, don't say that. Like, <laughs> I always wonder, I'm like, what happens, I guess, when you see it later on? Because this is what happened with us with that movie Coco, that Disney movie. Yeah. Like we were waiting and waiting and waiting to see it. We finally saw yeah. it and we're like, Oh yeah, it was good, but I guess we were too late. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, with Lazo, with Ted Lazo, I think it's it's just a joy to see like new people get into it. So I mm-hmm. always feel like it's never too late. Yeah. You know, because when I, when the fandom first started, it was like really weird. It was like no one online. Yeah. Ever, right. You know? And I mean the show that wasn't even promoted like that heavily. Yeah. I didn't see promotions until that week. Right. Yeah, the it the promotion of it was weird because it's just well, first off, how do you market the tone of a yeah. show where you're just like, oh, come see the most gentle show on TV. <laughs> uh, and then you've got Jason Sudeikis's doofy mustache. Uh, and then the UI of Apple TV Plus consistently kept Ted Lasso buried. Yeah, on the like the the far end of its TV shows, so you have to go dig to find it. And yeah. also, Ted Lasso is the best TV show that <laughs> Apple TV has. Period. Yeah, it's finally like up at the front. If you go in uh, in the UI, it's up there. Yeah, finally. Yeah. So, Chris, what what kind of inspired you to create Cult of Lasso? On, uh, I'm I'm assuming you did Twitter first. Yes. I mean, I had a, I have a personal Twitter account and uh, I always joke around with this, but it's, it's absolutely true with Ted Lasso fans. Like the minute you become a fan, it, you just start talking about it. You start promoting it. You tell everyone to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like um, that I was like in a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> I'm, I'm like trying to recruit people. I'm like, yeah, you have to watch this. Or I would bug them like, Hey, did you watch it yet? And I felt really bad because I kept tweeting about it on my personal account. So I was like, you know what? This is like, I feel like I'm recruiting people into a cult here. I need to make like a separate account just, you know, just for Lazo talk. And that's what I did. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, I think you were the first, uh, you were definitely the first fan account that 
I saw when we started doing this and getting on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, I I feel bad that I didn't do it sooner because, like, um, I think I started it around November, and I was talking to a coworker, and she's like, "Hey," and you know, she's in PR, so she's like, "You should totally do your own account," and then you know, and you can make your own content, see how it goes, and I'm like, "Yeah, that'd be cool," and then I did it. And then, uh, you know, it was a lot easier to meet a lot more like new Ted Lasso fans. And it just, yeah. you know, took off from there. Have you ever like been into a show or a property like this intensely before where you've kind of felt the need to create an account? Or is this the first time? Not like for a TV show. I mean, I'm I'm pretty passionate about like other things, maybe like design or or uh, gaming. Like I'm a retro gaming, like video game collector. But with those, you know, those markets, I feel like they're really saturated. And so with Ted Lasso, there was like no one doing it. And I was, I, and, you know, I jumped in. Trent, the guy who does the Trent Krem account, he jumped into the Lego yeah. Ted Lasso guy. Yeah. I think he was doing it earlier than me. Yeah. But he was doing other stuff. But he was one of the first people I met. And it's, it, it was it's just kind of like funny how it all started account. around the same time. Everybody's yeah. accounts because mm-hmm. I think we started the podcast in November. November, yep. yeah. And uh, we were kind of shocked at the time that there was there wasn't already a Ted Lasso podcast. Yeah, I mean, like at the time, I think you guys were like the first dedicated Lasso podcast that I saw. At the time, there were other podcasts that do, that were doing just like specific episodes about it. Yeah, and uh, there wasn't really anybody who was doing it, and then you guys came in. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. It's been really fun. And I think the reason we even like we've talked about podcasting for a long time, John and I, but with Kenny, we just started talking about the show itself and we're like, we're talking about this an awful lot. Like maybe we should just make a <laughs> podcast about it. Yeah. And then we did. And now it's just been this really fun thing to do. Yeah. Yep. And this is our last episode. Oh, yeah. Shush. Thank you so much. <laughs> no. It's over. <laughs> I think everybody who's way into Ted Lasso, like like we are, has kind of been, you know, affected by it in a positive way. Yeah. Do you have like a, like, what's your personal experience with it and how, how it's kind of affected you? Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the show came at the perfect time that we were, you know, we were going through the pandemic um, at the time with me. At the start of the pandemic, I lost like two family members two family friends like in April and it was all within like a two week span. So it was like really, really tense. Um, There was a lot of anxiety because I got called into work around July of last year. So I started commuting and around that time um, I, I found out that like my physical condition wasn't as good because um, I have a muscular condition that I was diagnosed with 10 years ago. So my commutes were really difficult and it was like really, really stressing. And I had a lot of anxiety and I didn't realize I was actually depressed when I think about it. So when the show came out, it was like a breath of fresh air, especially, you know, we're also living in the election climate, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was just really tense with all of the negative and like uh, the vitriol that you would see online. And for like a show like Ted Lazo to come along, it was just like a real breath of fresh air. Yeah. Man, 
sorry about all that that you went through. Yeah. How do we get you a, a remote job? Um, I don't know. I mean, I love my <laughs> job. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Yeah. But um, it's just the commute is really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Commuting in New York is not fun. Oh, I know. And, you know, the thing is with, being, with having a physical condition, you end up finding out like, holy crap, New York is not made for people with disabilities. Right. Like every other day there was like, you know, an escalator not working. The elevators don't work. Mm. And in New York City, people like, you know, sometimes use the elevators as a personal bathroom. Uh, yeah. It's gross. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I think, yeah, it really came along the perfect timing. And I think, I think it came like right before I like sunk into the depths of depression from last year because of everything that was going on. And it kind of gave, I don't know about Cy and Kenny, but it kind of gave me that, uh, at least doing this podcast about it, that like uh, opportunity to do something creative that I was like mm-hmm. starving for. No, exactly. I mean, I've never, I, I, I mean, I've always thought about doing like a dedicated Twitter account. But I think when the show came out, I was like, wow, you know, this thing is making me feel really good. Mm-hmm. I want people to experience this. I mean, it was like no one was watching Apple TV at the time. And I don't know if this is with you guys, too. But when you try and convince your friends to watch Apple TV, a lot of them who are cord cutters are like, I can't sign up for another service. Right. It's a whole thing. You know, yeah. and it's like, oh, but you got to try. It's only like five bucks. And so it was just like, you know, I had to talk about it and I felt like I needed to convince people to watch this because it was like what it did for me, I felt like it was doing it for other people too who started watching it and I wanted other people to experience experience the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's even people I knew that had like the free trial for a year because they bought something and they were even like, I don't know if I exactly get into it. Like, and the other thing I used to complain about is that Apple, I mean, if they threw in that you could gift subscriptions, I probably would have blew my life savings yeah. on that because I would have signed up like all my friends for like one month. Yeah. yeah. I, I was even talking with a friend the other day about like if they released uh, a Blu-ray set yeah. of season one, I'd probably gift it to some people. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Ugh, I want that. I want that Blu-ray set. I want, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's just so many questions that I have about just the writing process and, mm-hmm. and production just because these, these shows are so well written. Oh, I want it. Also, I just love Blu-rays. I want my shelf to be full. Yeah. <laughs> I think Bill, hint, Bill uh, Lawrence hinted that they were going to do extras for season two. So I'm hoping that they do that for like some of the past episodes. They'll have like an extra scene and talk about the process because I mean I think a great. lot of people are curious about that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yep. I mean, I mean this. Oh, go ahead, Kenny. Oh no, Sai, please you go, girl. I was just going to say I think this is my first real fandom, like in general. I, I I watch a fair amount of reality TV, but I've never, um, I've never really rewatched anything. I've never really, I don't even know, like considered evangelizing anything that much, like maybe The Bachelor a little bit, but even that, I know it's awful. So it's, I feel a little guilty roping people into that. Like, I think this is my first real fandom. And how does it feel? 
You know, it feels really good, mostly because it's the opposite of a bachelor recruit. Like, I feel really good about recommending this show, almost like a prescription. Like, I feel like I've recommended it to my mom. I've recommended it to all sorts of people because I think the show just meets you where you're at and can bring you a little sunshine. And I don't think it's necessarily the whole toxic positivity thing. I think it kind of shows what it's like to maybe go in that direction a little too much with Ted, but then pull back Mm -hmm. and still remain uh, like a healthy sense of positivity. Whereas like originally Rory wasn't positive. And so (laughs) Ted has to bring him up, but then bring or Beard has to bring Ted down. So I think it's really balanced and really thoughtful and I'm happy to be a fan. But I also, I also really, really like the fan community. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm into gaming. And if you know anything about the gaming community, I always say the gaming community is like the vitriol of like the election cycle that we witnessed, but like years really? before. Yeah. I mean, some of the, like the hideous things that you would hear online, I always feel like you heard it first in the gaming community and then it finally transferred over to like other people. But with the Ted Lasso, like fan community everyone is like really positive and it really is like that lazo like effect of like you know feeling that way and you never see anybody like arguing with anyone they don't say anything mean and everyone's really supportive of each other if you follow kenny's personal twitter account you'll see a lot of fighting he likes to fight i love to fight it's what i crave uh i just think that people should know yeah right that's it <laughs> so kenny you're somebody who's who's been in some other fandoms you're way into star trek i am how way you, how, do you, how do you compare this this kind of fandom to star trek uh i have to say uh star trek does have a history a 55 year history at this point so ted lasso has a way to go but something, well, two things. First off, I'm a major introvert. I'm a major introvert. I don't know if anyone knows this, but I'm a major introvert. Uh, and this is the first fandom that I've had experience with where I have been a little bit more extroverted online um, working on the lasso cast twitter account and responding to folks and reaching out to folks and talking with folks and people are so nice and kind um it's super scary for me to put myself out there period um because i'm an anxious boy trademark um and the show is so kind as well and less neurotically Compared to Star Trek, I feel like Ted Lasso fans are just a little bit more. Um, what's the word? Not even necessarily passionate, but something that I don't see with Star Trek fans is Ted Lasso fans and rewatches. Like people going, I'm on my seventh, eighth, ninth rewatch of Ted Lasso, which I just, I, I, I am in awe of. Because as soon as I watch something, I go, great. Now, let me put this away for a year, year and a half. I don't need to watch this for a long time. And then people are just Ted Lasso fandom going, well, there's just nothing else is good on. So I'm going to watch this again. And there's 
it's it's fabulous. And if there is any show to rewatch over and over and over again, I really delve into the craftsmanship. It's this show. And I feel like Hollywood is going to take the wrong lessons from it and just go, right, we need to greenlight more positivity as opposed to just looking at what this show is just from a skeletal to the bone structure and seeing what makes this darn thing special. And I think the fandom is an extension of that. It's gentle and complex. Yeah. This is your warning for the uh, fan fiction section. Uh, Kenny's story gets a little graphic. So if you're listening with kids or something like that, uh, skip past it or get your kids away. Um, Yeah. If you're any of our family members, don't listen to it either. Just stop. Uh, But yeah, enjoy. Well, should we get into some fan fiction? Sure. Uh, Kenny, Sai, y'all got your fan fiction ready? Not only do I have my fan fiction ready, Johnny, I've had my fan fiction ready for months. I know. We were going to do this months ago. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So I think what we're going to do here, Chris, each of us are going to read a piece of fan fiction. um, And then maybe... How should we do it? Should you should you like judge us on the reading or should you judge the, oh, the no, fan no. fiction? <laughs> Maybe you just tell us your favorite fan fiction out of what was read. Sure. And we'll send that person a biscuit. <laughs> one biscuit. Just one. A singular eaten. biscuit. <laughs> just has, it's fallen apart in the mail. <laughs> it's just crumbs in an yeah. envelope. <laughs> Still delicious though. <laughs> Uh, who wants to go first? I think Kenny should kick us off. Mm, sign, spoken like the true volunteer that you are. Okay. Man, just you're so bold. I think I think you should go. I don't mind going. Mine's probably probably the shortest of them. Um Yeah, so this fan fiction comes from Mary Cleo. It's titled When the Party's Over. And so my speculation on this, just to set the scene, is that it's sometime maybe after episode seven or episode four. So episode four is for the children. So there's the fundraiser, Ted and Rupert have an interesting interaction because Ted realizes that Rupert sabotaged Rebecca uh, with the Robbie Williams situation. Um, And then episode seven is make Rebecca great again. And so this is when they're in pretty sure this is when they're in Liverpool. Um, And then she gets close with the Keeley. She consoles Ted after he has um, kind of an anxious moment not even kind of, he has a panic attack, um, at the bar. Uh, so I think it's between those two, maybe just right after episode seven is where, um, Miri's kind of landing here. So here we go. I also just want to say I'm not a great reader. So roll with me. It's fine. I'll put some, I'm going to put some music underneath. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> and sound effects great. like doors opening, windows closing. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be Fire like a place. Yeah, it's going to be like a prairie home companion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Okay, here we go. Again, this is titled 
when the party's over. Tempting as it was to simply fall into bed in the dress Rebecca still couldn't believe she'd worn, Rebecca finally managed the zip. Better to sleep in her knickers, she thought, as the fabric pulled under her feet. The pleasant buzz of alcohol and Keeley's laughter and the fun of the silly or the fun of the silly carriage ride was beginning to fade. But the loneliness and hurt still remained, as always. She stretched out on the cool sheets, hand grazing the empty pillow next to her. Ted could see Rupert for what he really was. Rebecca wondered, though, could he see her? Question mark. So, what I, the reason I picked this one is A, because it's very short, and B, is because we've <laughs> talked an awful lot about whether or not Rebecca and Ted could be something. And I mm-hmm. think this podcast feels like their relationship is 99% platonic, but there is room for a little bit of exploration, maybe in season two, maybe season three, but that yeah. the curtains won't close on them together. So it's yeah. interesting to see a universe where it's not just us wondering, could this be a thing because this is what TV shows do, but like, oh, when would be a moment where Rebecca is actually considering this? Yeah. So there we have it, folks. All right. Should I go next or can you want to go? Oh, let me, let, let me throw down. Here we go. Um, this Chris is a story called sorry eyed and it's written by distorted daytime. The summary, according to fanfiction.net or AO3, maybe the summary. After the team breaks the treatment room curse, Rebecca takes Sam home, a.k.a. how Rebecca starts to get her groove back. Uh, And the notes. I was rewatching this show as I'm prone to doing. And then I thought, dot, dot, dot. What if? Uh, Content warning. It's about to get hot and steamy. And this is edited for time because this is a longer story. So I've edited it down to the juiciest parts. Can I offer you a drink? Rebecca asks, retrieving a bottle of Merlot and two glasses. (laughs) Sam just smiles and shakes his head. I don't drink. Thank you. Right, of course. She pours herself half a glass anyway and takes a long sip. In another life, her old life, she would make some comment about tannins, seek to make herself tall by demonstrating her knowledge. Today, in this life, she takes Sam's hands in his face and kisses him. Somehow Sam kisses like he smiles, bright and warm and unfettered to things like shame and reason. He doesn't let go of her hand when she guides him to her bedroom, and he doesn't complain when she doesn't turn on the lights. Instead, Sam just smiles at her. Do you have matches? Oh, yes, in the drawer. Why, what are you? A flare. The quick scent of sulfur, then the room is bathed in soft golden light. Oh, candles. Sam, you know this isn't, well, this isn't that kind of thing where we pretend to be romantic. I know, but that does not mean we cannot enjoy it, he answers. And really, she can't argue with that. There's a softness in his hands as he removes her clothes. 
Sam's touch passes over her skin like a feather on the wind, like she's something to be treated gently. And Rebecca can't help but return it. Sam's gorgeous, naked, like most footballers are. It's nothing she hasn't seen in changing rooms over the past decade or so, and yet this is as far from that as she is from the woman she was even a year ago. Rebecca pulls her hair loose from its tie and eases Sam onto his back. He goes so willingly that she expects him to lay back and let her do as she pleases. She is not expecting him to surprise her, certainly not to take hold of her hips and guide her up so she's hovering over his face. It's a terrible habit left over from her marriage to pretend that, no, this isn't really necessary. But the first swipe of Sam's tongue knocks the thought from her mind entirely. Without preamble, he puts his mouth to tremendous use. Sam's inquisitive and thorough as he learns what she likes, and as soon as he gets his bearings, he coaxes her to climax, holding tightly to her hips as she shakes through the pleasure of it. But just as she's about to pull away, Sam hums. Would you like another? What? <laughs> Rebecca's breath catches on the affirmation. Yes, please. Okay. Polite to a fault, even when he's got his face buried between her thighs. The end? The end. Would you like another? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, man. That was like late night Cinemax back in yeah. the 90s. Hey, that's Friday that's the lasso cast guarantee, baby. Yeah. I'll have to put a little disclaimer at the beginning of this one. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> oh, who wrote that, Kenny? Distorted Daytime. Distorted Daytime. Very go, nice. Go, there, there's a lot of internal dialogue for Rebecca that I had to cut out just for time. It's pretty delightful. Oh, God. We'll put, all these, we'll put the links to all these yeah. in the show notes, too people to read nice any thoughts on that one chris um not right now but I, <laughs> I can, <laughs> yeah i'm just getting flashbacks of like my teenage self on a friday night at <laughs> my parents house you're staticky yeah you know <laughs> exactly like shaking the antenna hoping that i could kind of get a view <laughs> What are you doing in there, Chris? I'm listening to a podcast. (laughs) Leave me alone, mom. Podcasts don't exist yet. Exactly. (laughs) Nice. That was fun. Uh, So mine is kind of in a similar vein, but not not as graphic. Uh, Unreal, Johnny. It's called Everyone Shines Given the Right Lighting. Hmm. This is by SKJC. Uh, the summary is after the gala, Rebecca and Keeley do not, in fact, rob a bank. Let me take a sip of water, prepare. Beautiful ah. gulp. Beautiful gulp. All right. Here we go. Rebecca has never done anything like this before. Well, that isn't entirely true. There had been that one girl with the short blue hair and the lip piercing she snogged in a concert hall toilet at uni after one too many vodka tonics. But in her own defense, anyone could have made that mistake. The girl had given off a very masculine energy. Keely certainly does not. She thinks in a daze. Keely is angelic and ethereal with the glow of the fairy lights dancing in the golden cascade of her hair over her shoulders and down her back. 
When Rebecca's conscious mind gives in and allows her the courage to steal a breathless kiss while they gasp for breath in between bouts of Joyce giggles, Keely tastes sweetly of berry-flavored lip gloss and the two bottles of champagne they've shared. Mm-hmm. Fingertips ghost lightly over Rebecca's forearm, and her lips part of their own accord, and the stress and horror of the last several hours melt away into the chilly air that breezes past, while the world narrows into a little bubble of magic created by circumstance on a London street. When Keeley looks back at her, wide eyes shining with adoration, it doesn't matter that the rickshaw driver might recognize either one of them, <laughs> or that some so-called journalist may be lurking around every corner ready to write the next big ex expose on parts of her life that were no one's fucking business. Ooh. There hasn't been another person in her home, besides the housekeeper, anyway, since... No, she stops herself from completing that thought and goes to unlock the door instead. Her hands tremble and the key scrapes the doorknob. The way Keeley gapes at her when she steps out of her gown makes her want to turn away, embarrassed by the awestruck gaze. Her cheeks heat and she's sure flushed. She's sure she's flushed all the way down to her chest, which happens to be just where Keeley's eyes are fixated. When was the last time anyone looked at her like that? She can't even begin to guess. Hmm. My face is up here. She tries for an affectionate tone. Not sure how it comes out with her mouth dry and her head spinning. Sorry, sorry, Keely says, giggling. Your tits are even more mind-blowing in person. <laughs> Rebecca can't possibly respond to that in any coherent way. Not when Keely's dress has joined hers on the bedroom floor and her bed is right there. <laughs> She'll worry what to do about this in the morning, when the morning actually arrives. The end. That was delightful. Yeah. I think that's what we all like to imagine what happened that night. Absolutely. After she gets back from um, Warrior's place, right? This is after the gala, when they leave on the rickshaw with the champagne. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's it. That's our fan fiction. Um, now, I have a question. Yes. John and Kenny, feel free yes. to say no. and We can always cut this out. Yes, Aida. I have a lovely fanfic between Roy and Keeley. Just a sweet moment. Mm -hmm. Would you guys be interested in reading that? One person Roy, one person Keeley. I'll narrate the middle pieces. <laughs> nice. Sure. Send, it, send us the okay, link. I'll send a Absol link. Absolutely. Excellent. Because I Who's know who? Chris likes the Roy Keeley. We all do. Kenny, are you Keeley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Stand by. And actually, Chris, would you like to to narrate? I don't have to take that on. Oh, um, I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> if I narrate it, I'll narrate it like Stacy Keach, like doing like a murder <laughs> show. <laughs> what this bastard didn't know. <laughs> also, Chris, I really enjoy your accent. Like your your A's are very New York. I, I've heard Cowrie. I've heard uh, <laughs> just all of your A's are really fun for me. I enjoy oh, it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I have an accent until like uh, you know people tell you, and you know I <laughs> yeah. live like, here all I my life. So I, don't know it. I, have an <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> But also, you know, I um, I have a brother who lives in Philly, 
And so, like, because Mayor of Easttown was so big, it's like, oh, yeah, wow, they really got that Delco accent down. <laughs> and <laughs> then I thought about it, I'm like, wow, yeah, I guess people really do have, like, distinct accents. Very like, specific I, you know, accents. I don't know my, I never really realized that, but thank mm. you. Well, I'm from Florida, the land of no accents. So <laughs> anything I can hear just sounds a little bit more fun. Well, is it Florida? Like, I, like everybody I meet in Florida is from New York. You know, that's, that's, my, Jewish, no, that's, they, that's my Jewish friends say. They say they, when they call the motherland, they talk about Florida because they're all <laughs> like, retired. <laughs> yeah. Do I, South do, Florida, anyway. Do I have an accent? Only when you say folks. Yeah. Folks. folks. <laughs> what accent? I don't know. Folks. You folks. don't have an accent, but you have a Midwestern personality. Oh, like for that. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very for congenial. Sure. I don't know. Sometimes a, a southern twang creeps in there. Y'all. Yeah, like that. <laughs> okay. Who's my Keely? Who's my Roy? I'm Roy. You're and I'm Roy. Keely. Okay, great. So Which, this is... I mean, if we were in a ship, Johnny, I feel like that would be our dynamic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, crap. I already forgot. Who's Roy? <laughs> Me. John is Roy. Yes. Okay. And and so, I am Keely. Excellent. All right, everybody. This is entitled Are You Sure? by Hope Swims Free, starring John Rhodes as the lovely Roy Kent and Kenny Madison as the lovely Keely Jones. Oi, she's fucking fit. There you go. Yep. Yep, I was hoping there'd be an accent. This is excellent. Uh, <laughs> the summary is Roy has something to tell Keely. All right. Switching off the light, he snuggles against her back, arms coming to rest around her waist, hands finding their way into hers. Night after night, falling asleep, tangled together in some way. It didn't take long to lose track of the number of nights that they'd spent together but more and more the nights apart felt like torture. Further proof that the woman next to him is his future. He feels her soft lips brush across the top of his hand, her gentle gesture that instantly fills him with calm and love. It's time. Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's late and her voice is soft and sleepy. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. (laughs) The truth that he hadn't revealed. Not in words, anyways. Kept silent only in his own insecurities and fears. Saying it out loud now, he realizes he should have said it weeks ago. Maybe even months ago. Feeling her body tense, he knows her eyes have popped wide open as the mind of her works around as that mind of hers works around his words. Aren't you sure? If not for the trace of lightness in her voice, he'd find the uncertainty in that question soul-crushing. Hold on. Let me check. (laughs) Still not able to see her face. He'd bet a year's salary she's smiling and biting her bottom lip. She's given him that look during her presser when they first decided to really make a go of this. Every day since, he wanted to make her that happy, make her as happy as he could. Uh, yup. I double-checked, and I am indeed sure. And there it is. That laugh that bursts through serious moments, 
if I can get a laugh, please. <laughs> oh, okay. That was awful. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that and I hate myself. <laughs> We're gonna try that again. Um John, if we Wait, can get Roy's so it's line. Gotta, it's it's gotta be a it's gotta be a real laugh, right? It's, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a sweet Keely. Oh Jay's no. Mm-hmm. Oh no. I'm not sure because my laugh uh vacillates through kind of <laughs> polite and also boisterous <laughs> the apartment down the way can hear me. Oh no. It's not gonna get any worse than the last round. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. Yep. I'll do my line and Kenny's gonna laugh. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is a really lovely story, by the way. Uh okay, here we go. Uh yep. I double checked. I double checked, and I am indeed sure. And there it is, that laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> that laugh that bursts through serious moments, like a breakaway on the pitch. He loves that laugh. <laughs> loves. Even more being the reason for it. God, that's tough. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, she shifts to face him. What a, what a nightmare to say I love you and then just to be greeted with. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I know, what a tough scene. Finally, she shifts to face him, leaving no room between their bodies as her hand glides along his face into his hair. The skylight providing just enough moonlight that he can see the beautiful face right before she kisses him. Can I get a smooch? Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) I love you too, Roy. With those words, he feels like something out of sorts in his heart clicked in... What? Let me try this again. With those words, he feels like something out of sorts in his heart clicked into place. Happy, he kisses her with no intent to stop anytime soon. Couple more kisses? Mm, mm, mm. Excellent. And scene. Wow. That was great. (laughs) It was great, and I ruined it. (laughs) My core is sore. Beautiful, Kenny. Thank you. That's exactly how I imagined it. So that was perfect. (laughs) Super, super tasteful. Mm -hmm. All right. We need a judgment from Chris because we made him sit through all these. I love it. John, (laughs) Any, I'm I'm seriously going to start a four-year consideration campaign for that performance. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Will you be our Ralph, Chris? Yes, totally. Um, Do you have a favorite out of everything you just heard? I love that last one, but you know, right. if I was to pick from the first three, I think I like the third one. Mm. Oh, uh, SKJC! Yes, yeah. All oh, right. I agree. Yeah, it was very descriptive. I could like see myself storyboarding it if I had to, like you know, sketch it out how you want how you wanted it to be filmed. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, congrats, SKJC. Yeah, congrats. Fanfic champ. <laughs> Crumbled biscuits coming your way. Just in a loose, <laughs> just in a regular white envelope. Yeah. Oil seeking, yeah. Uh, soaking through. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Well, Chris, thank you so much for uh, coming on with us. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you guys. And I mean, thank you for everything you guys do. I'm like, you know, like all your contributions to the community. You guys are really active and the content you guys have for your podcast is amazing. And it's Thanks. it's That's what so makes the Ted Lasso community so wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, Chris, and thanks for what you do. Yeah. Kind of like you're kind of like the godfather of the Ted Lasso yeah, family. Yeah. So. <laughs> thanks. I'm really <laughs> flattered. <laughs> do you have any um anything you want to shout out any any plugs or even like uh charity organizations you you like anything like that um no i mean i just i pretty much just want to thank everyone that i've met i mean everybody i've met through this community has been really nice you know um everybody i i feel like also the thing with this community and the show it's also made me more honest about how i feel about things which is a another thing that i'm mm. not great like you know with the whole male toxicity thing like and how all the male characters are open about how and discussing about romance and all that stuff i felt like that was one of those things that i've always done and it was always felt weird to be open about that but i think since this show started i've, I've been more honest and i try to be like that too with like running this account and yeah. just spread positivity so to everyone in the ted lasso fan community thank you I mean, everybody is wonderful with everything they do and uh, the messages that they send me. Very nice. Thank you so much for listening. LassoCast is produced by Saida Rhodes. It's edited by me, John. The music is by MG Sound. You can check out Kenny on his other podcasts, ID Four Minutes at a Time or Shame Watch. Keep your eyes open for a Patreon. Yeah, we're doing a Patreon and it's coming soon. Also, our next episode, we have Jeremy Swift on, Higgins himself. It was a delight. You're going to love it. See you then.